Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, so it is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to join us tonight. Uh, Junior, Senior, Ben, and Alan, the Cigar Savant Friedman, are all with you here tonight. Kirk is conspicuous by his absence, but he is conspicuous in pretty much everything he does because he's weird. <laughs> so uh, we'll let that one go for tonight. So let's get into uh, what we're smoking now. Uh, I know me and Senior personally aren't smoking tonight because we both have horrible allergies and we are pretty much giant mucus snotty uh, messes at the moment. But uh, Alan, are you smoking anything well, over thank there? Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I've always been accused of overshare. That's disgusting. All right, I am smoking the Avo Synchro Nicaragua. And uh, if it's all right with you guys, I want to share some information about this. I've actually Absolutely. been smoking this for the last uh, three, four days you know, in a, an effort to really get a grip on the cigar. Uh, the Avo Synchro Nicaragua is a whole lot of firsts for the Avo brand. Now, as you guys are aware, uh, Avo cigars, they're the brainchild of composer Avo Evasian, um, who's famous for composing Strangers in the Night for the legendary Frank Sinatra and the master blender of Davidoff cigars, Hanky Kellner. The Avo Synchro Nicaragua is Avo's first box press cigar in the history of the brand and the first box press that is going to be a regular production cigar for the brand. Also, the first regular production cigar to use Nicaraguan tobacco and the first cigar in the Avo portfolio to use the very nutrient-rich tobacco from the fertile black volcanic soils of Amatepe, Nicaragua. And here's another first for you. This new offering, well, it's not so new anymore, will become the fifth regular production cigar in the Avor portfolio and the first since the rebranding of the brand uh, earlier in 2015. And it follows the theme of modernizing the Avo look. Uh, but you know, guys, wait, there's more. It's also the first box press cigar to ever come out of Davidoff Geneva factory in the Dominican Republic. It's available in four Vitolas. The Avo Synchro Nicaragua is rolled at the Ottinger Davidoff AG's Occidental Kellner OK Cigars in the Dominican Republic. You'll have to say that three times fast. The blend is from five countries and consists of a just a gorgeous dark an oily Ecuadorian-grown Connecticut wrapper, a Dominican binder and filler from Amatepe, 
Nicaragua, of course, and the Dominican Republic consists of a Piloto San Vicente Mirodo and a uh, hybrid Oler Piloto and a Peruvian. Uh, it's just spot on with the construction. The draw is just impeccable, producing complex, but just a wonderful balanced smoke that, you know, Avos consistently deliver. And it, uh, it just had me savoring every delicious puff. Now, the Avos Synchro Nicaragua draws its inspiration from the idea of synchronizing Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian tobacco similar to synchronizing different inference to create music. Upon lighting this medium to full-bodied smoke, I found my palate alive with spice, pepper, earthy notes, and those soon give way to core elements of sweet cream, cedar, roasted nuts, and leather. Very deeply complex, very well-balanced, and smooth. Avo Avazian, who, of course, is no longer with us, Hanky Kellner, they outdid themselves with the Avo Synchro Nicaragua. And this may be just the best Avo cigar to date. Um, and I'm absolutely going to give you a buy recommendation, and that's my tip. If you haven't smoked this, you've got to smoke this cigar. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to smoke it yet, but it sounds amazing. It, it truly is. That sounds like a work of art. They, must, they put a lot of time and effort into making that one, especially with all the firsts involved. Oh, it's I mean, just terrific, guys. And uh, Ben, what do you got going over there? Well, uh, my cigar is not nearly as uh, complex as the Havosynchro. Uh, typically, the cigar that I'm smoking now, I would usually have in the morning because it's a milder smoke, but it's it's a Baccarat Uh it's a, it's a petite Corona, just something mild. Uh, it's, it's sweet, creamy. It's got a wood flavor. It's just something that I typically have in the humidor for morning smokes. But I didn't get a chance to this morning, so I thought I'd pick it up uh, for the podcast tonight. It's kind of but an oldie a, but a goodie. It's an oldie but a goodie. That's right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a topic that, that me and Senior discuss on a regular basis is uh, – some of the cigars that we love, the oldies, but the goodies that we kind of forget about until we either stumble on them in a shop or stumble on them uh, just digging through one of our humidors. And it's like uh, San Cristobal Revelation was the most recent one that, that I kind of had this idea with. It's like an amazing cigar, probably uh, one of the best things to come out of Ashton in a very long time. But it just love that cigar the draw the burn is always perfect but i don't have it that often and it's like when i finally do have it i'm like man i gotta stock up on these like i always forget uh how good some of these are well you know one of the things that may occur here you know in our industry is that a lot of the older brands may end up coming back. Mm-hmm. I hope so. That'd be nice. Well, you know, they're already, you might say, approved. You know, they, they've already been through that process. 
So it may be easier just to uh, start rolling them up again and shipping them out. Well, Mark, if you remember uh, at the Davidoff event there in Huntsville when we were talking to the reps, he he brought that up that, uh, you know, between Davidoff and Camacho and had a lot of stuff that had kind of been pushed to the back burner and put on the shelf that they could bring back. Mm-hmm. So that see some good stuff out of them as well. Because it's going to be very difficult for them to bring out new brands, new lines and specials. So that's why I think we're going to see a lot of the old brands come back. Especially when you take, uh, say, for, for instance, Rocky and Gurkha and some of these that just try to make so many and throw them at the wall and see what sticks cost prohibitive to do that in the future because it's going to cost so much to get that cigar to market. I would prefer the older lines a lot of times anyway. I think sometimes they get ahead of themselves uh, and experiment too much. But, you know, one of the first Rockies I fell in love with was the Decade. You know, I fell in love with that when I was in college and I still like it. It's a good old classic. He's made it since the beginning and I've enjoyed it ever since, you know. Um, So I see no reason to if it's not broke, don't. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So. Very much so. And uh, but when, <laughs> oddly enough, you say that one of uh, one of the things we are about to fix is uh, cigartipsters.com. Uh, you may have seen us announce it on Twitter the other day that we are uh, part of the way through uh, redoing the website, and and I don't mean changing some colors or, or moving something from the left side to the right side. Uh, Ben and Senior have had an opportunity to, uh, actually it was partially Ben's idea, and then Senior has seen some of the fruits of the labor so far. It is a a very, very intensive redo. It's, uh, all I can say is completely different to uh, what CigarTipsters.com currently looks like, so keep an eye on that because that will be coming soon. Uh, Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at Cigar Tipster on all three of those services. And we're starting to have a little more fun with the Instagram. So definitely follow us on there and uh, check out the pictures that we take of our cigars and uh, sometimes accessories. Just depends on what we're doing at the time. And uh, Ben on CigarTipsters.com the other day wrote a good, uh, or is in the process of writing this one, I believe, uh, a great blog on aging cigars. So I want to give him a little bit of time to talk about that subject. And then we'll talk about uh, some of the cigars that we may be aging in our humidors. Yeah, thank you, uh, Junior. Um, actually, I just revised it and I just re- republished it. I put it back to draft. Um, I wanted to make some changes to it and, and, and polish it up. And it's, it just went back uh, live maybe about an hour ago. So it's that particular blog is back. Um, but essentially, you know, it's more of just a, a learning curve for, you know, anyone who's new or maybe not be familiar with the process of how to properly age and store your cigars. So, uh, you know, the, the theme of the blog is, you know, that patience is the key. You know, it, it takes time to make the cigars, distribute them, and and then even age them. And I think one of the benefits of aging a cigar is that you give the chance for the cigar to kind of come into its own and develop some nuances and flavors that may not be there when it's still young. Some cigar manufacturers will age their cigars maybe six months or a year 
or even longer before they send them out in their own aging rooms. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, with supply and demand, they'll roll it, get it, get it shipped out. Um, and then, you know, it may age for a bit at your local tobacconist, but if it's a hot item, it won't sit very long. So I've always been a fan of, you know, if you have the time and the patience, let it sit in your humidor for a while, you know, give it a few months, give it a year, maybe longer, uh, and see how much more mature the tobacco becomes and some flavors that you may not get there when it's young. So uh, in the blog, it goes into some detail as to how to properly age it. For example, you know, there are basically uh, two types of humidification systems. Um, the most, I would say the most common one, uh, there's passive and there's active. Now, passive humidification uh, is typically you have a, a device in the humidor that will, you know, you put in either some distilled water or some solution called propylene glycol. And what that does is it creates uh, through a process called reverse osmosis um, it, it, to equalize the humidity in the humidor. Okay, but it's only you have to check up on it and keep an eye on it. Um, but once you refill it, you just sit it there, you know, and check back relatively often to make sure everything's good. Um, for ideal proper humidor aging, you want a 70% relative humidity at about a 70 degree Fahrenheit in the humidor. Um, it's recommended if you want to do longer term aging, you may want to consider dropping it from to maybe 66, 67% humidity and maybe about 66 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, the benefit of that is that it can slow down and uh, the aging process um, of the cigars and allow longer term aging. Okay. Um, it releases the oils from the cigar uh, tobacco at a little bit of a slower pace. But I think if you do that, you get more life out of it in the long run. Um, you know, it also goes into some information onto uh, passive humidification, which you'll see in most walk-in humidors. They'll have, you know, this, this device that's plugged into a power outlet. It has a reservoir with distilled water, and it slowly releases uh, the humidity into the into a humidor, a large humidor. Um, they make smaller versions of that by, uh, for example, a company called Cigar Oasis. You may have seen them on the website or, or advertised on cigar websites. Uh, they fit for you know, medium to to you know small to medium humidors that you may have in your home. You know maybe cabinet size or it could be a little larger, but you know we have maybe a few hundred cigars in them. Um, those tend to be a little more accurate in my opinion because it's actually releasing the humidity and if you have a digital hygrometer in there to maintain and, and keep an eye on your humidity and your temperature you get more consistent aging instead of it fluctuating maybe going above 70 below 70 back and forth it keeps it more consistently at that level um but you know, again, it goes back to how long you intend on aging your cigars and which ones best age over long term. Not all cigars change profile and flavors over time. Some remain exactly the same. Some change more dramatically. Um, I think that's kind of the fun in the journey is putting them in there. So what I might recommend if you have the time and the, and the money to do this, maybe buy two or even three boxes of your favorite cigar. Okay. 
keep one box in a humidor and let it in and smoke maybe one cigar from that box maybe once a month or something, just that one specific cigar. Let the other second or third box age for a while. And by the time you finish that first box, you know, if it comes in a 24 uh, pack of, in, in, the, in the cigar box, that gives you maybe a year to two years of aging by the time you get to those other cigars. So it's a way of kind of prolonging that and almost forcing you to, to, to age them. Um, but, you know, that depends on, you know, because there's cost factors and things to do that. Um, but overall, I, I really am a fan of aging. If anybody out there wants to talk about what they're currently aging um, and kind of discuss, you know, in your experience, an aged cigar versus smoking one right, you know, right out of the box, what you think and what your opinions are. I'd like to pose mm-hmm. a, a question with aging. You brought mm-hmm. that up of buying two or three boxes. Yeah. To, you know, they're always sealed in cellophane. Mm-hmm. To remove the cellophane from the box. I'm not talking the individual cigars, but the plastic wrapping of the box. Do you have any impact in it? Can it still get the humidity with that on it? You will hear arguments on both sides of the fence. Personally, I think take the cello off of the box. I think... The, you know, because the, the, the wood that's in there is hygroscopic, but if you put the cellophane, it, it can, I think, to, to equalize the humidity in, you know, in the humidor with the box in there, I would leave that cellophane off. You know, you want some air passage through to get the humidity regulated from within the box with, to within the humidor. So that's my I opinion. agree. I was just curious. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to determine what cigars are going to age well versus what cigars really won't age well? It doesn't matter. Um, I think it it, it kind of comes down a little bit to the type of tobaccos that are used. And I think it, a part of that is also the strength of the cigar. So, for example, a lot of Cubans and Nicaraguans tend to be a little bit on the stronger side, a little more higher nicotine content. And I think if you, you know, if you started with those and let those age over time, I think they'll start mellowing out. And you might notice a more well-rounded, mature flavor profile than, say, if you started with a milder cigar, it, there's no, it's never going to gain in strength over time. So... You know, I would say long-term aging might be more beneficial with stronger cigars. If it's already a mild to medium, you may not notice a change profile as much because it's already kind of leveled out. So, you know, uh, I'd say maybe more Nicaraguan and Cubans might have more effect over long-term aging than, say, Dominicans or Hondurans. Um, well, I know, I know Cubans are going to definitely benefit from, you know, some long-term aging because they're usually shipped green. Yeah. Well, and it's, so, you know, it's the same thing with like Opus X. Opus X are designed uh, with aging in mind because if you smoke them uh, straight out of the box, they're, they're not that impressive. But you put two or three years of age on it and you've got yourself a great cigar. And me and Senior have tried tried them both ways. And it, aging definitely makes a difference in that category. I've also got a, um, a Cuban that was smuggled into the country uh, by a friend of mine when he went to London that I've had now for almost four years. I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm 
just about ready to finally break that one out and see what it's about. Gotcha. Well, you know, I've, I've got a box of Cubans here that I am, you know, aging because I'm really not going to open it up until all you guys come over here for the uh, Woodstock tweet up. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So we're letting it age and mellow and merry. You know, hopefully yeah. we'll end up with that nice bloom on the wrapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, Alan, well, since you mentioned that, do you want to explain kind of to our listeners between bloom and let's say uh, mold? Because that's also <laughs> something, that's a topic that okay. sort of relates okay. to the aging here, but there bloom, is quite a bit. Bloom difference. are the same things and that's good. Mold is not good. Mold now what, good. what actually happens is as a cigar ages, the oils in the tobacco move up towards the surface of the cigar up into the wrapper and they, and it ends up being a little white powder and um, there's nothing wrong with it. The, the more you have, the better, Uh, you know, and usually you, you end up with your plume or bloom on um, cigars that have been stored for a while or aged for a while. The, uh, and it's always white. The mold is going to be green, blue, um, and it's just going to ruin and destroy your cigar, usually because it's, it, the cigars were just too wet. Not a good thing. Not stored properly. Yeah, it's, uh, too much humidity, too high a temperature. If you ever get the oppor- opportunity to see both, in person, it becomes really, I know it's hard to somewhat imagine, but it becomes really obvious in person that uh, plume kind of looks like a, almost a white dusting on the cigar. Uh, whereas mold can be, as Alan mentioned, all sorts of funky colors and quite frankly, probably have a smell to it. And you cannot smoke a moldy cigar. It'll do a number on you. Yeah, you get sick. That's gross. And we want to thank you for joining us tonight on the Cigar Tipsters podcast. If you enjoy us, uh, search us out on iTunes, uh, Cigar Tipsters, and more importantly, tell your friends. uh, And uh, tell their friends to tell their friends. And you can also find us on Google Play podcasting. This is one that I forget to mention sometimes, but uh, Google Play has added their own podcasting functionality to their app. So definitely give us a uh, subscribe if you're an Android user and uh, want to do things on uh, that side of the fence. And Ben, you also had another uh, blog that I was taking a look at on the Ashton Sungrown. And I'm a fan of other Sungrown cigars, but I wanted to give you uh, uh, just a little opportunity to kind of take a look at that and give the people a little uh, your impression of that Ashton Sungrown cigar. Yeah. Uh, the one that I had uh, smoked was the Ashton Heritage Puro Sol Churchill. Um, so the name Ashton Heritage Puro Sol, of course, means pure sun. And, the, and what the cigar is made of, it's uh, the blend is all the tobacco is entirely sun grown. That's where the name of it has uh, come from. So it's all sun grown tobacco. 
Um, it's rolled in the Dominican Republic. Uh, it has an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and then Dominican binder and filler. It's medium in body and strength uh, and has very consistent flavors all the way throughout. Um, I, it was, I didn't have to relight it. The burn was, was excellent. Um, it has, uh, you know, it, it will complement, you know, a cup of coffee or something to that effect. It was just a wonderful, wonderful cigar that, uh, that I had. Uh, it has kind of a floral uh, aftertone to it. Um, it, it it's kind of nuttiness, uh, like a sweet uh, latte and, and kind of notes of, of like toasted bread in there. Uh, so it was just a really well-balanced cigar. Uh, and it, it sat in my humidor for a couple of months um, before I actually got to smoke it. Um, and, and it's one of those things where Ashton has a, a commitment to quality. And, you know, you'll pay a little extra you know, at the cash register when you buy it, but I really do think it's worth it. And, uh, you know, it's definitely worth it. If you can put a little age on it, I think it's totally worth it. So, um, in fact, I was, I was reading up on this, uh, on Ashton's website. They actually, uh, the, the headquarters is in Philadelphia and it was founded in 1985 by Robert Levin, Ashton distributors. And they just recently opened up an Ashton cigar bar in Philadelphia and they recommended a certain drink that pairs well with the cigar. If you ever get a chance to go there, um, the drink is called mutiny on the deck. It's a uh, black grouse scotch. It's walnut bitters, spicy ginger, a flamed lemon peel and smoky rum rinse. Um, so if you're ever in the Philly area, stop in and try that. So, um, but other than that, it, it was, it was a wonderful smoke. I think I may have to one of those before I go to bed. Yeah, yeah, you you really should. It was beautiful. Wait, the drink or the cigar? Both. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I decided to keep the uh, the news segment of the show a little bit lighthearted today. Uh, there's a gentleman out in Austin, Texas, by the name of Richard Overton, who happens to be uh, the country's oldest living World War II veteran. And he is about to turn 111 years old. Uh, so that's, that's definitely a, an interesting part of the story. But uh, the reason why he fits in so well here on this show is uh, as part of his daily routine, he is taken down to Babalu Cigars on 6th Street in downtown Austin, Texas, where he has his daily cigar and a shot of whiskey. So for those of you out there, uh, looking at you, FDA, who uh, thinks that cigars are incredibly unhealthy. Apparently, this guy smokes a cigar every day and is now 111. So uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it, I guess. That's because he's so chilled. Yeah, he's relaxed. He's got his cigars and his whiskey. What more does the man need? Exactly. But yeah. definitely uh, appreciate uh, his service to the country and, you know, Love the fact that he goes out and has a uh, a cigar every day uh, and some whiskey to throw in there with it. So definitely uh, like to keep that uh, in mind. Keep him in your thoughts. And let's see what else we got here. I just hit the wrong button on my computer, so that kind of screwed that up. I'll edit this part out. Oh, and the other one I saw was that Gurkha. <laughs> Gurkha has... Uh, uh, for the first time in their history, they're actually eyeing uh, buying a cigar factory. Why? <laughs> it baffles the mind. But uh, 
but actually, you know, it could be a good thing. I mean, and, you know, as much as I fault Kaizad, and I can't pronounce his last name, you can't fault the guy for making money. And he does make some good cigars, but actually having steak in a cigar factory could be a good thing for them because it could, you know, it could clamp down on some of the quality control issues that they have had in the past. Uh, so what do you guys think of uh, Gurkha finally taking this step, you know, so late in their game? So they're well, buying their own a great factory. idea. Uh, it just seems a little strange right now at a time when it may be very difficult to bring out new brands. Mm -hmm. And of course they must have something like two to 300 uh, brands in their portfolio that they could pull out at any time. And it, it's part of, it's a two part deal. They're entering into a partnership with American Caribbean cigar and part of the deal is that they're going to acquire the American Caribbean Cigar Factory uh, that's in Esteli down in Nicaragua. So it's kind of a twofold deal. Uh, they're partnering with the American Caribbean Cigar Company, and they're uh, completely buying ownership of that particular factory. But, the, I mean, it's not necessarily a new partnership. They've worked together off and on for five years with the, the Nicaraguan facility, was already producing several of Gurkha's uh, brands they didn't go into detail mentioning which ones but you know they at least they took over a factory that was already building some of their cigars and they can build on it from there so this so gurkha will have their own factory and it's not just subcontracted out but it's going to be their own gurkha factory or that part of it i should say correct okay and it says in addition to this factory, they're made at a number of other factories. Uh, Las Lavas, uh, they roll the Gurkha Cellar Reserve lines, which, you know, as much crap as we've given Gurkha over the years, their, their Cellar Reserve lines are actually on point, uh, especially the uh, Cellar Reserve Limitada. I really like those. Uh, let's see. And PDR Cigars also rolls the Ghost and the 125th Anniversary and those are being rolled over in the Dominican. So I don't think they're going to bring their whole portfolio into this factory, but at least they'll be able to do some of their own work here. I'd say go for it. I mean, you know, if they have the money and the, and the resources to do it, by all means, anything that you can get your hands on to control quality, sure. That's what I say. And I know here in the, here in the North Alabama area, we are bone dry when it comes to... Uh, local cigar events at the moment. I know we had a few um, this past weekend with Alec Bradley and uh, Drew. Their people were in town, but uh, it looks like we are bone dry until after Memorial Day weekend is over. What's uh, anything going on in Knoxville or Atlanta over there? Now, in Atlanta, Cutters is going to open up its second location and it's scheduled for June 16th and 17th. Okay. And it will be the largest humidor in the state of Georgia. Wow. Yeah, I saw something on Facebook on that one. And are, they, are they the same shop that does that, uh, is it Southern Cigar Festival? Southern or Cigar like Festival, that? yes, Absolutely. 
Have they uh, announced any dates for that this year? Haven't heard a word, and I would imagine it probably won't happen this year. You know, it usually happens uh, in June. Mm-hmm. And I know they've been so focused on trying to get this second shop open with all the issues they had with the city of Alpharetta and all the hoops they've had to jump through. They probably haven't put much energy into it. True. And I really like uh, the original cutter shop. Uh, me and senior went over there. Uh, gosh, that was ages ago, but uh, I've been a couple of years at this point, but uh yeah, they had a real nice uh, small humidor, but a lot in there, a decent selection of drinks, and a lovely young lady working the counter who uh, had a decent personality. So, uh, you know, they kind of had the total package going over there. So I'll definitely have to get out there and uh, see the largest humidor because there there's some pretty big humidors in the area, in the Atlanta area that I've seen already. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing them uh, go over the top on that one. Me too. What's going on in Knoxville? Uh, in Knoxville, there was one event that happened today at my uh, local cigar shop. It was a Drew, uh, Drew Estate event, and that that went on today. And then there's another event going on at another cigar shop called Silo Cigars, uh, and it's a My Father Cigar slash Zycar event. It looks like it's a kind of a dual uh, dual company event there, but it's going to be June 9th starting at 5 o'clock, Thursday, June 9th. So that'll be the next event that I'll be attending to. Very good. Yep. All right, so before we uh, start to wrap things up, anybody got any uh, closing arguments or extra viewpoints or perhaps a good old-fashioned emotional outburst that they want to throw in? (laughs) Uh, Senior, you want to do a rant? Yeah, no, no, I'm not ranting tonight. I don't yeah, know if speaking of uh speaking of his FDA rant, uh the day after we uh published that show, the CRA sent out an email uh about, you know, a delay in the the setup of all the, the regulations and all that mess. And senior calls me and he's like, uh I just saw this email, man. Should I really have, uh, you know, gone gone into all that ranting and talking about them and, you know, trash talking and this, that, and the other? And I was like, well, the email only said three months, uh, a three-month delay. And he's like, oh, okay, we're fine. Alan. Yes, sir. Uh, one last thing. You, you're smoking the uh, Avo Cinqua, right? Correct. Uh, well, I'm reading this article. I don't know if you uh, already knew about it or not. You probably did, but... They're doing a South America called a Ritmo. I don't know if you knew about that. It's an Avo Synchro. Did um, not know that. Yeah, Avo Synchro. It's called the Ritmo. I don't know exactly know what that means, but it's uh, tobaccos uh, spanning across seven different countries. Um, so it's covered in an Ecuadorian wrapper leaf. Uh, it also contains a Mexican binder and filler tobaccos from Nicaragua, Peru, Brazil, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. And it's in four box press sizes. When is so, it coming out? Uh, well, the article was posted uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it, it says the cigar should be available by the end of the month. So soon. <laughs> I'd say it's supposed to be released sometime at the end of this month. Ritmo. 
yeah, Avo Synchro South America Ritmo, like Gitmo with an R. Yeah, and it doesn't say what Ritmo means. Uh, I'm reading about it. And I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's <laughs> the one thing it doesn't explain. It doesn't I hate it about when they cigar. do that. It, it's a, it's just the name of it, but it doesn't tell me why it's called Ritmo. That's yeah, just it's like what it is. You name a cigar a Hufflepuff and not tell us why you named it Hufflepuff. Right. So uh, it's it's named after legendary jazz composer Avo Uvesian. Well, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No, no, no kidding. <laughs> uh, anything. So it's like here, here's this weird name that no one's ever heard of. Uh, just keep reading. But in any case, if if, uh, if you're a fan of the synchro, um, by the end of this month, something like this should be out there. And if it's in our local tobacconist, go out and try it. Well, and if there was going to be a cigar called uh, Huff and Puff, it would definitely be a Caldwell. <laughs> true. <laughs> that That's is very, true. very true. <laughs> a little bless his heart. Well, All right. Well, we... Uh... We appreciate taking a little, uh, you taking a little bit of time out of your day to uh, sit here and listen to us uh, rant on about our cigars and uh, the cigar industry in general. So we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, this is Cigar Tipsters, and we hope this finds you well. Good night. Good night. Good night. This is Cigar Tipsters.